1: fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, episode 175, brought to you by show sponsor, BetOnline.ag. When you go to BetOnline.ag, please use code CLNS50 to get yourself a sweet bonus on your initial deposit. Um, hello, YouTube listeners. Uh, thank you for your subscriptions and so on. We're doing this audio and uh, video, so I can uh, do this in one shot. Apologize for the pixelated in the background. I do have a green screen coming sometime this week to get these a little more professionally done. So please bear with me. Uh, hopefully you like the background and please follow us on Twitter at Black and Gold Pod and myself at Black and Gold277. Would appreciate that. Also, check out the uh, our work at blackandgoldhockey.com because you see the website right there. Uh, we have 20 writers under us uh, with us and um, try to do the best that we can to get you guys the information about what's going on in the Bruins world. So, and we're also looking for writers. If you'd like to uh, check it out, go to the website and um, uh, meet the team, click on that and uh, send me an email. But anyway, we do have some uh, Bruins proce- uh, um, topics that i like to discuss. Uh, but before I do that, I'd like to talk about AG With current With currently no NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline.ag, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, let BetOnline bring Vegas action to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline.ag has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can wager on. If you're into entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, Stock Prices, and even Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Visit the website or use your mobile device and please join today to receive a sweet welcome bonus. And please don't forget to use promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50. Bet online, your online wagering solution. So we do. I do have some... Um, like I said, some topics that I really wanted to go over. Um, and also, this is the inaugural time for the uh, hashtag Ask BNG, where I reached out to many Bruins fans uh, on the uh, on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Some even sent me a text message and uh, an email subscription. So we have 40 Ask uh, BNGs today. And I'm going to try to whip right through them, but I do have some topics that I do want to Uh, talk about uh, that are related to the Boston Bruins. Um, Definitely want to update what's going on with the Colby Cave family and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, They have established a a memorial fund, and I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Uh, Colby passed away, former Boston Bruins uh, forward, and Providence Bruins forward passed away of uh, breeding of the brain uh, in a Toronto hospital on April 11th. And recently, the Cave family and the Edmonton Oilers organization uh, started a memorial fund. And uh, I'm just going to read something off of the official uh, Edmonton Oilers website. The Cave family and the Edmonton Oilers have created the Colby Cave Memorial Fund to carry on the memory and legacy of the Oilers forward Colby Cave who passed away suddenly and tragically on April 11, 2020. Proceeds from the fund will go toward community programs with an emphasis on mental health initiatives and providing access to sports for underprivileged children. Cave made a lasting impact both on the on and off the ice with the Edmonton Oilers and the AHL's Bakersfield Condors and before that with the Boston Bruins organization and the WHL Swift Current Broncos. Cave was a, a consummate professional well-respected by teammates and opponents alike. He was also committed at, Uh, and positive member of the communities in which he played, eagerly volunteering for charitable initiatives and always stopping to say hi to fans. Uh, Donations uh, to the Colby Cave Memorial Fund are being accepted by the Edmonton Memorial Community Foundation in Colby's memory. Um, And if you want to donate, and I I know we're going to donate a decent amount uh, that we can, uh, for this, but, um, you can go to edmontonoilers.com slash Colby to get involved in this. And I, 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 highly encourage you do. Uh, Colby was a great guy. I had the privilege of, uh, interviewing several times at uh, Bruins development camps and, um, always like, uh, like that, that article said, um, on the Memorial Fund, he was always eager to talk to people. So, and he was anytime I had questions for him. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Let me take a sip of my pink wit. No free ads. All right, so let's get um, started on some um, another topic. Uh, Boston Bruins prospect goaltender uh, Jeremy Swayman wins the Mike Richter Award as best goaltender in the NCAA for the 1920 regular season. Swayman signed his entry-level contract with the Bruins on March 17, 2020. He finished his NCAA career with the University of Maine Black Bears, appearing in 100 games and a career 2.52 goals against average and a .939 save percentage. In three seasons with Maine, he made 3,130 saves, giving him an average of 31.3 in those 100 games. In his junior year, which would be his last, he went 18, 11, and 5 with a 2.07 goals against average. And a 0.939 save percentage. Now, th- this kid is uh, to me—he's—he's—he's—he's he's, he's, he's really good. He's—he's he's definitely going to be one of those types of goaltenders that are going to be solid in the development depths and working his way towards NHL uh, stardom sooner or later. But th- this is what he did, and i, I left out a couple uh, of these because I—I lost room on my page. Um, Swayman's outstanding. 1920 season brought him these tremendous honors ncaa east first all-american team ncaa hockey east first all-star team ncaa hockey east goaltender of the year ncaa hockey east player of the year ncaa new england mvp ncaa walter brown award recipient ncaa holby baker award finalist and I believe that he got beat out by somebody from the University of Minnesota, Duluth. I could be wrong on that. I'm sure the Twitterverse will will let me know. But uh, tremendous season for Jeremy Swayman. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing him in Providence this this upcoming season. Uh, hopefully that's the path that he goes, uh, possibly working with Dan Vladar, another developing goaltender that's uh, really played well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, great accolades for Jeremy Swayman, and, um, and you know, congrats to him and family. Um, another topic, uh, for, and, and I don't know if people might know this because it, it, it does go back a little ways, but uh, former Boston Bruins prospect forward, uh, Christopher Steeg announced his retirement. Uh, the versatile forward played 56 games for the American Hockey League's Providence Bruins, posting 24 goals, 31 assists, 55 points. Uh he was traded to Chicago with future considerations for Brandon Bochensky on February third, two thousand seven. Bochensky was like projected to be this unbelievable goal scorer that the Bruins really uh were going after. And uh, you know, they did they, they traded Versteeg, which obviously happened, but uh Bochensky never never really panned out. That's that's the gamble, but Uh, Versteegh never played in the NHL, in an NHL game for the Boston Bruins, who selected him in the fifth round of the 2004 NHL entry draft. He ends his uh, career posting 149 goals, 209 assists for 358 points, and 643 NHL games in his 11th, 11-year career. So congratulations on that uh, milestones and and milestones for uh, former Bruins prospect, Chris Versteegh. Uh, another topic that I just want to quickly touch on: uh, report that the NHL executives reached out to respected organizations, letting them know the salary cap will remain the same at 81.5 million going into next season. It was rumored to be in the range of 84 million to 88 million before this pandemic. Our own blackandgoldhockey.com senior writer Max Mainville wrote a fantastic article about the list of uh, negotiations that the Bruins have to do this offseason and the task at hand with no extra cap space becoming available. Give Max a follow on Twitter at TDKMaxBJJ and uh, the article will will be in the show notes below uh, and in the uh, description on your YouTube channel. So that is it for that. We're, we're going to go commercial free on this, on this show. So no breaks um, because I do have a ton. I mean, we have almost 40 um, uh, submissions of uh, ask, at hashtag AskVNG. So let's get started right into that. Um, we'll, we'll start on the Twitter ones. Uh, John Gove uh, at Pod Street Gove does a fantastic podcast called The Pod Street Bullies. I highly recommend if you if you like to listen to other shows besides this one in the NHL and, and find out what's going on with uh with other teams in the league. Highly suggest this one. Uh, him and his partner Bob do a great job. But uh, John asks, what are your thoughts on John Beecher projected ceiling possible year he turns pro? Hashtag Ask BNG. Uh, great question, John. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Beecher, uh, f- former first-round pick, uh, playing for the University of Michigan Wolverines. Had a solid, solid uh, freshman year, um, and he's looking looking good. I think he I think he would benefit uh, right now with the the current uh, NHL roster and what's going on with the, in the development system. I think Beecher would would benefit possibly another year or two uh with with the wolverines and then uh turn pro after his junior year uh that's just my opinion i like to see the kids um you know stay in school a little bit longer uh, and get the education but also when you look at the uh, look at what's ahead of them you kind of want to say you know he'd be better off staying in school to get that the full development and come in right into his pro year uh solid so uh, we've we've seen uh NCAA players in the past. I know you've seen uh, the Flyers prospects do this pretty much the same. Uh, next one uh, is at Papa John 7704. That's at Papa J-A-W-N 7704. Hashtag Ask and g Did you ever finish that peach crown royal you bought? I bought a, a, a pretty decent amount. And I do, I'm just going to throw out two of them right now. I have, and this is terrible, but anyway, I have two left and one downstairs that I couldn't fit in my hand. So no, I have not. Great stuff. Highly recommend it. It only comes around once in a while from my understanding. Um, The next one, great question, by the way, John. Uh, The next one is from former Black and Gold Hockey Podcast um, appearance and special guest. At Bruins Luchador. See, I got it right, this right, big guy. Uh, How bad does this shutdown change the future drafts and which is affected more, this year's or next year's? It all depends, uh, Bruins uh, Luchador, on when the draft is actually going to happen. I really can't give you a solid answer or opinion on that because we don't know what's going to happen if we even have a season. So uh, that all remains to be seen. I hope hopefully have a better answer for you uh, sometime soon. Former Black and Gold Hockey Podcast co-host and good friend Rob Tomlin at Rob37Bruins asks hashtag, ask BNG, with the Bruins probably having to spend to the ceiling means little room to keep depth on the roster. Who are the best possible call-ups for each situation? Uh, goalie forward, defense, and which veteran FA free agent will sign with the Providence next season. The 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 signing of the Providence is 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 so few and far between because uh there's so much stuff so many players out there that uh could easily fit on the Bruins roster in Providence and and you know it's more of a less a plug and play. So I'm really not overly sure who's available. Um but um the best possible uh call-ups Rob. I think um uh, obviously you got Jack Nika trent frederick um and and even if you need in goal max lagasse if he's still if he's retained after after the season um yeah the cap space is so tight it always has been for for many years uh, but it, it, to win in this league you have to you have to spend like that i don't i don't see um teams in the nhl that are that are at the floor of the salary cap really making any stretches in the playoffs or, or, uh, in the, in the post I mean, or the regular season. So when you spend up to that cap, um, these, these entry-level deals that are like at $950,000 are, are important to your organization because you can insert talent at a low cap hit. So hopefully I answered your question correctly. Um, but thank you, Rob. I appreciate it. I hope all is well over in England with you and your family. Um, hope to talk to you soon on the, uh, on the PlayStation. Um, Patrick Donnelly, our own Patrick Donnelly, he writes for the blackandgoldhockey.com website. Not sure how much uh, it's been discussed already, but your personal opinion on if, when, how the NHL might return. Hashtag ask B&G. This is a very interesting conversation because you you, you hear a lot of uh, high-profiled uh, hockey personalities right now writing articles and talking on TV, TSN or just sports and, and, um, and sports net, uh, also in the NHL network talking about when the potential return could happen. Um, in my personal opinion, I'd rather see the, 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 the leagues shut it down at 68 games, Be- just because the fact is that, um, when you look at the standings, most of these teams in the NHL right now are at at least the 68 game mark. So then you can start to uh, do your, your, um, your wild card projections where you're going to sit in your, uh, in your respected division and then figure out your playoff scenario by your conference. So I would like to see that. Um, but if they, if they uh, want to go right into the playoffs, I think it would be more or less and beneficial on both sides of the players and the league to do uh, some kind of like tournament. I, I seven game series, uh, four, four, seven game series. I don't know about that. It's uh, uh, That's a little bit of a stretch. Maybe bring it down to best of five to get things rolling and then have a have a, another uh, like training camp and then head into the season. It looks like they possibly could start the season uh, in November of uh, 19, uh, I'm sorry, 1920, uh, 2020, and then um, go a little later into the summer of 21. Who knows? But um, hopefully something happens. I don't like the idea of a lot of folks. There's no set in stone, uh, winner. There's no, you know, they don't give the Stanley cup to the uh, the team with the most points in the league. Uh, and I'm not for that. I will, I will not respect a, a team that's given something and not earned. So hopefully I answered that. Uh, our own will Fro. um, will is, uh, is, is one of our correspondents out and I'm sorry, contributors out in um, Guam. So uh, he, he joined the team, uh, team not too long ago and has done a fantastic job so far. But he asked, hashtag ask BNG, do you think it's more likely that TK47, that's Tory Krug, or Matt Grizzlick 48, stay in the offseason? Oh, yeah. And do you think that with all the activity, this is a career-defining offseason for Don Sweeney? Hashtag ask BNG. Um, going to be a very interesting scenario for Tory Krug uh, and Matt Grizzlick, respectively, because um, I know that there's this comparisons of them both. I don't see much. I think Krug is the much better defenseman uh, and, and his mobility. But Grizzlick can move the puck, too, and he's got decent possession skills. Um, if one of them had to stay because of the salary cap not going up or down, uh, I think that Grizzlik would be the attractive player to move uh, because of the bottleneck that's going on in Providence and so on. Uh, And you want to save as much cap space as possible. Unfortunately, one of these guys has to go. It's a cap casualty world uh, and the pandemic never, it doesn't help um, with, with with earnings in the league or the organizations respectively. So um, yeah, and and it's going to be a very, very uh, hard season for Don Sweeney. He's got a lot on the table to work with and and not much uh, cap space to do it in. Uh, so it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, but there's gonna be probably some players that are unfortunately gonna be moved that the uh, Bruins Nation might not like. So our own Garrett Hayden. Love the uh, responses from the blackandgoldhockey.com team. Um, he is at the Sports Guy 97 if it's accurate that big z wants to uh keep playing would you resign him to another contract #askbng he's uh he's very respected in the room i get it um he's still a decent player uh when it comes to your lineup um, and uh he's a vo- he's a voice of confidence i mean i mean everybody gets along with him and so on i I don't know. Just the, with the way that things are going right now with the salary cap and you look at it as a business, um, I would much rather not see him return to save that million or two million dollars that you're going to need to retain a player like Krug or Debrosk or, or or the other members of this organization that, in my opinion, need to be uh, done or, you know, even Halak. So. Um, no, I'm not for it, but I'm not against it. I'm on the, I'm totally on the fence, Garrett, when it comes to this, this topic, because I I see value on both sides. Um, so, but I mean, it is inevitable that he's going to want to retire sooner or later. So you have to, you know, and and the bottleneck of defense is still a concern too, because I I believe you're going to lose prospects because you keep bringing on these older players. Um, so Hopefully that helped answer your question, um, Lance Scabita, a good friend of mine at Bruins Man One. Uh, do you think there could be a market to move John Moore and his two point seven five million cap hit uh, with term left for next season? I think that um, if they can't move him, Lance, that he's potentially um, could be bought out. And uh, Connor Ryan of the Boston Sports Journal wrote a fantastic article either last night or this morning. Uh, Go check it out and follow Connor um, underscore Ryan um, about the potential of of buyouts and and who might be involved in in the process that uh, could happen with everything that's going on right now. Um, Yeah, I think Moore would be a very attractive uh, person to either be moved. I'm not sure how attractive he'd be. In the trade market, but uh, when you want to shed cap space, a buyout is is a valuable option. Um, our own, I wish uh, Mike. He is B underscore Black and Gold at uh, BB Black and Gold. When will the twenty twenty one season start? And what do you think of things being delayed? NHL wants to have a playoff cup winner, but that's not up to them in this situation. I think season is done and luckily to start next season by December. Draft held online question mark. That's a hashtag ask B and G. Um, I kind of answered that in a previous question. I'm totally not sure what's going to happen. I know the league is looking at options to uh, possibly do mini camps in, in neutral sites, Manchester, New Hampshire, north dakota um my buddy craig eagles and a former guest of this program um just uh you know speculated that the maritimes canadian maritimes could be a spot too because of a hotel accessibility and really close to the rink for maybe some mini camps uh before jumping into a bigger area like manchester or or anywhere else so um yeah, well, I mean, it remains to be seen with, with what the, the league wants to do at moving forward. Um, I, I'd like to see hockey come back and finish this out and, and, and get a defined winner, but uh, we'll see. Uh, in the draft, yes, I'm hearing the draft will be held online due to this pandemic, which is a smart idea. Um, and and it, it affects scouting. I mean, uh, a lot of scouts these days, if they haven't already seen a player, they're using video analysis or, or video to, to take care of what they got to do. Um, but you know, it, 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 it's such a gamble anyways, when you draft a player. So it's going to be even more of a gamble uh, when you have less uh, avenues to, to take care of your job. So hopefully that works out. Um, Chad McVean at vener 85. Okay, here it goes. Who is more likely to have played their last game as a Bruin, Chou or Krug? Uh, with Krejci be will Krejci be traded or leave UFA? After Jack, who's the next kid who will be a stud on the on the team? Um, <laughs> can you can anyone go drink for drink with Mancuso? Hashtag Ask BNG. I'm gonna end that one. I don't know that, that Chris Mancuso uh, at Mancuso 9797 on Twitter. Great follow. Crazy son of a bitch. Uh, And he loves his drinks and I love it. And the chest salad is, uh, is pretty funny too. So, um, um, I see Krejci staying throughout his career. He's got one more season left under contract. Um, but I also see Krug sticking around, too. I think they're going to find ways to keep Krug, and I think it's, it's good for that because the, the power play, he is a power play specialist, and, you know, there's, it's few and far between when you're looking at 50 to 60-point uh, go-getters on the blue line, so um, hopefully they both stay. If Krejci wants to leave, I don't see that happening. Rumors are that he wants to stick around till the end of his contract and possibly go back over to the Czech Republic and and play uh, pro hockey in his own country. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Jar Jar is definitely the one for me uh, to go before Krug. Uh, Hopefully that helped out, Chad. Thank you for your answer. Uh, Lance Scobita at Bruins man one. Uh, he's been really active on these questions and I thank him for that. Um, could you see Manchester, New Hampshire as a landing spot for the Bruins East coast hockey league affiliate? Not that there's anything wrong with Atlanta aside the proximity to the big club. Hashtag ask BNG. I have been on this Manchester train for a while because I do believe that that, These organizations, minor pro organizations, do benefit from being closer to uh, areas of operation. Manchester, Boston, and and Providence, Rhode Island, they're all in that six-state New England region, uh, and it's it's less than a day travel, so it just makes sense. I know a lot of uh, players, like former Bruins prospect Jesse Gabriel, when he was sent down to Atlanta, he drove the whole way. Um, I I don't know if that's because of logistics and money factors, but if you want somebody quickly to come up, and I know that the Providence Bruins do have a lot of moves. There's a lot of moving pieces in the middle uh, minor pro system. Um, You know, if you have injuries at the NHL, everything upshifts. So there's a lot of transactions that happen. And I think having a team closer by, it would be beneficial regardless of popular opinion. I know that there was an article out, uh, I believe last month, that somebody said that um, the it would not be a good idea to have uh, a, a franchise closer to your areas of operation because of uh, attention. You might get more attention. But honestly, I don't see people from Maine, New Hampshire, or even myself. I mean, I I do it because it's you know I cover the Providence Bruins. But I don't hear a lot of people in Northern New England traveling down to Providence to watch a Providence Bruins game and then traveling back home. Uh, so I, 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 that whole theory about that is likely not true. Um, but yes, Manchester, I could see happening. It did have an American Hockey League franchise. It did have an East Coast Hockey League franchise. I think it seats 9,000 Um but, you know, the East Coast Hockey League has a, has a wide range of attendance. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a destination there could, could happen. And uh, I'm hearing it could happen in two or three years. It could happen as soon as next season. But who knows? Uh, Lance again. Um, hashtag ask BNG. With no first-round pick this year, do you see the Bruins going for a forward, preferably wing or a defenseman? with their first pick in round two. I, I believe so. I, this is a very heavy draft. It's not as heavy as like some other ones uh, in the past. Um, but I see this, this draft being very, very um, plentiful, both on the defensive side and uh, offensive. Um, many experts say the offensive side is, is, is a lot better this, this season with the crop of, of uh, talent that's coming through. And uh, the NHL Central Scouting Report, the final one, was out, I think, last week or the week before. And uh, so check that out, NHL.com. Um, I don't know. I, I, I've heard several, several people say that Don Sweeney wants to get back into the first round and might be able to make some trades for somebody. But I think that if you do that, like Krejci would have to definitely be involved. Even in DeBrusque, if they can't come to terms, he might be moved for that first round pick, but I'm just speculating at, at most right there. Um, our own Michael DiGiorgio, hopefully, and he's at Boston DiGiorgio. Hopefully I said that right, Mike. I'm sorry if I did. I'm not good with the names. Um, what is your gut feeling when it relates to Krug and his contract? Do you think he resigns for a hometown discount? Hashtag Ask BNG. Uh, great question, Michael. Uh, I know that Krug has said in the past that he would like to stay, and if it if it if it would come by a, um, a, a, a fr- team friendly discount, but that's only him saying it to the media. That's not his agent talking. Uh, his agent's going to get ten percent of whatever, so he's automatically going to jack up the prices. Um, I. I I, I hope it happens. And especially, I hope Krug understands that the the cap is not going up this season and possibly next season. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Next season and possibly the season after. So, and I know Don Sweeney has talked several times to players like Pasternak, like Bergeron, like Marchand um, to take these uh, smaller deals to get it done with, with the core. And if you want to win, I think that you need to have um, a wide range of of players like this Boston Bruins team has right now that are all on team-friendly deals. And I just think if you start dishing out contracts that are $9 million, $10 million, you're only going to have a certain amount of uh, players that are real talented enough and have the drive to get it done, but then you don't have enough in in the bottom, like say the secondary scoring that the Boston Bruins seem to have a problem with all the time you're addressing needs right now with players that, that accept these contracts and they want want to win sooner. So it, it remains to be seen. I, I don't know a number. I, I'd like to see it at 6 million, say uh, per cap friendly. And, and when the numbers came out about this salary cap, not going up um, at Bruins cap space, came out and said that the Boston Bruins have pretty much $20 million to work with next season. I don't think that that's enough to retain everybody. So, cap friendly deals are going to be needed. John G, he's at John Gillott on Twitter, hashtag B&G. If the salary cap doesn't increase at, at all, what do you think the Berwins best offer for Krug would be? Like I said in the previous question, John, I think a, a, a six or a 6.5. I know if he goes on the market, he might get up to nine. Um, there's rumors that he might even want to go back to uh, Michigan to play for Detroit. I don't know about that, but just because of the uh, way that Detroit is playing and the way they're structured right now, uh, they're not a very good team. I don't see it as that being an enticing place for crew to go, regardless of uh, where he was born and where he grew up and where he went to school. Um, so my, my guess would be six, six million, uh, 6.5, uh, possibly even seven, who knows, but, um, we'll see what happens with that. Continuing on these Twitter questions, got a ton. Uh, Ryan Curry, at Rye Curry, that's at R Y E C U R R I E, hashtag ask BNG. Do you think there's any hope to finish this season? I hope so. As a hockey fan, I, I, I want to get back into um, getting more involved. I mean, here at the blackandgoldhockey.com website, we've been doing uh, this day in history. We've been doing birthday mentions, Bruins alumni stuff, and just to try to keep busy uh, and keep the content going. But uh, we really thrive on the organization when it's operating on all levels, the NHL, the American Hockey League, the East Coast Hockey League, and and and. In prospects around the world. That is our bread and butter when when the whole operation is is running. So I'm a happier person and so is our team of 20 writers. Again, if you'd like to write, anybody that's listening or watching on YouTube want to write for the the, uh, website, please go to blackandgoldhockey.com and um, go to the uh, meet the team section. And there's a link right there that you can send me an email uh, with a cover letter and a little bit about yourself and we'll see if it works. We're always looking for for new folks. Um, yeah, I do. I want to see it happen just because I, I love staying busy, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but thank you, Rye. Um, Mike at BB at B black and gold. I'm terrible at these Twitter handles. Uh, he, he writes for us. He has, he's came back and, uh, we're, we're lucky to have him. He's got, actually got an article coming out about simulations on PS4, which I'm really interested in, in reading. Um, Do you think the Bruins were poised to make it to the finals again? Blues versus Bruins cup rematch likelihood? Hashtag askBNG. Well, I hope not. Now listen, I hope that the Boston Bruins were poised to go to the Stanley Cup finals. I think that they... Being a hundred points and ahead of everybody in the league standings, I think they had a very, very good chance of doing it. I don't know if I want to see the uh, Blues and Bruins again. I, I, I saw that in Detroit against Pittsburgh. Detroit won. Oh, Pittsburgh won the cup, and then the next year, uh, Detroit won the cup. You know, and I, to me, that just seems like it's staged, uh, and I don't want to see that. I mean, I. The NHL is not a trash league like the NFL, and that's how I think that that league operates. So um, that's just my, my opinion. Um, I don't know. I mean, the only thing I could, I could think of is when this narrative comes up is, oh, you won't, be the, you won't beat the Blues again because you weren't tough enough. You didn't have guys that were giving it back like the Blues were giving it to the Bruins in a seven-game series. So I'm not ready for that again. Uh, hopefully, I answered your question, Mike. Our own blackandgoldhockey.com writer, Andrew Lindroth, who's been doing a fantastic job on these uh, birthday mentions and alumni, um, he asks How do you feel about Miller being offered a contract after this 1920 regular season concludes, given that Miller wants to play again? He's a pro, He's he's a professional hockey player, he's always going to have that drive to get back after a setback like this, an injury setback. Um, But I don't know if it's going to work with the Bruins. You look at the salary cap again and his 2.5 or 2.7 range that he got. I don't think I would retain that even if he wanted to stay the same or take a discount himself. I don't think it's going to work just because of the number. I think you need to crunch every penny, every dollar, penny, whatever to get Things done on the current roster that has gotten you successful thus far. The narrative, again, for the toughness is going to come back with certain Bruins fans and, and, and talking about that type of element that Miller brings. I get it. I understand the game. But when it comes to business, a deal like that, him coming back, is not a good idea in my opinion. I know Don Sweeney did say in a previous press conference that they're entertaining contract negotiations to see if they can make it happen, but like I said, I just don't—I don't see it happening, especially with the bottleneck at defense and what you're going to do with prospects like Zboril, who's up—he's uh, an RFA and he's been playing fantastic this season, far better than uh, Jurho Vaknin in my opinion. So, I mean, keeping that guy around in the middle depth of the uh, of the organization is not a bad idea. Um, thank you, Andrew, for that. Bruins man, he's back again. Um, hashtag Ask BNG. If the cap is staying at 81.5 million, that leaves 20.3 million left in cap space. I'm figuring 7 to 7.58 for Krug, 3.5 to 4 for Jake, that's DeBrusque, 2.5 to 3 for Grizzlyk, Two for Z, so that means Dano Chara will stay at $2 million, as he did this previous season. That leaves three to four to bring Yarrow back. What do you think? All right, the last part of that is Yarrow Halak. Yarrow is a veteran of the NHL, and he's, he's been good, and especially uh, leaving the New York Islands organization after his agent, Alan Walsh, um, negotiated a deal with the Boston Bruins. And they really, really got really uh, good with the 1A, 1B goaltending scheme. And I think Tuka Ras really worked well with that because it gave him more time to rest during the season because Ras can't go uh, 55, 60, 65, 68 games anymore. He's not young. So I think you will get the best out of him when you have a goaltender like Yarrow in the mix. Um, but how well Halak has played is also going to raise the stakes in the market. He is in his mid 30s I don't see him signing long term I see him going uh, a year or two years so he's going to want to get high value uh, on the market so if, if a team like let's say the Minnesota Wild come calling and they want 5 million I think he's gone I think he really needs that in 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 these later years of his career a nest egg for 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 post playing career. He could even do that and also go back to his native Czech Republic. I think that's where he, or Slovakia. Um, so who knows? Um, that number for Krug is a little high for me. Um, Jake, uh, you're right on. I think Jake is uh, a 2.5, $3 million guy coming right out of his uh, entry level deal. Um, so Z, who knows? He could even come down a million. So I mean, it remains to be seen what happens and where the direction uh, that Don Sweeney and the Bruins want to go. I have another one, some late ones from the uh, Twitter fam. Hashtag Ask Brian at BFL two one two five. Hey bud, do you think right now there's a prospect goaltender in the Bruins organization that can come in and take over as a backup? And be the future Tuka Rask replacement, and if so, why? Um, um, yeah, I think I, I, we got a small sample size in Providence when I was down there covering the team as a credentialed writer. Um, in, in the early part of, the, of this past season, or this season actually, whatever, Dan Vladar didn't look great. He, uh, Max Legassi, who signed a free agent deal, came in and really, uh, did a great job as a veteran goaltender. And then early in the season, Vladar got hurt, was out for six weeks, came back in December and then really tore the league up. His save percentage went skyrocketing up above, I think 940, 930. And his goals against average was sub two. So in three months before the shutdown, Bernard really showed what he could do and his potential, but it's a small sample size. I really want to see another full season of this, what I saw. And, and it has to be credited to um, Mike Dunham and Bob Asenza, who, who worked really hard with him in video sessions as he was, he was recovering from a high ankle sprain. And a high ankle sprain from a goaltender is not easy to recover from. Uh, but he came back and really worked hard. In those video sessions, um, Joey McDonald, of the athletic, interviewed uh, Badar shortly after he came back. And when he came back, he got a shutout. out. It was amazing. And, and Mac, Joey Mack was there and interviewed him and said uh, that these video sessions, they were talking uh, Dunham in Asenza. We're talking to him about minimizing your movements saying before that, and I know I've seen, I've, I've mentioned this on several other pro, uh, podcasts in the, in, in the past, but minimizing his movements, you're creating less energy. So, and, and this year you could definitely see that he's very square to the puck, always right there, but he wasn't making a lot of like desperation moves to get in the right position at the right time, all the time. That might not make sense, but when you see the game on tape of his, of his games previous and then what he did now in his three months, big difference, huge difference. Uh, I do see the Vodar being a backup sooner or later, or even a starter. Swayman, I mean, he just signed a deal. I said that previous one when we started the program. Um, he's going to be in the fold too, so there's a lot of good things when it comes down to goaltending. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Clovis Roy, at Clovis Roy 1. Hey, Mark, do you think the draft should be altered this year to reward the teams that succeeded so well during the regular season? Maybe use winning percentage and only for the first round. Hashtag Ask b and I, I, the, the draft is different in this situation. Um, I still want to see the teams. I don't want to see like a first-round pick being given to the Boston Bruins because they had a hundred points and I love the league. I, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. It's a valid question. I just don't, I don't buy that. Um, especially in the first round, you know, they dealt it. This is just a way for, in my opinion, for the fans to get back in the first round again, after giving the first round pick for, I think Kasha or no, it was actually for the, uh, to get rid of, uh, David Backus. So um, I don't know. That's a, that's a weird one. Uh, I definitely have to think about that, but thank you for the question. Uh, Dan King at Dan underscore JMK underscore King. Do you think Boston agrees to work with the Atlanta gladiators again, or do you see them finding a new East coast hockey league affiliation? Hashtag ask BNG. I, 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 know Bruins man one uh, Lance Scavetta. Uh, he mentioned the same thing. I, I, I think here's the thing is like when they, when the Boston Bruins left the uh, South Carolina Stingrays of the East Coast Hockey League, they were affiliated with them. They split their duties with uh, the the Washington Capitals. Um, I believe Washington wanted to go on their own, which had the Boston Bruins going South to Atlanta. um, And they split with the Nashville Predators. And I think that um, now the Bruins are the only one under, I, I could be wrong about that. But in the previous two agreements with the Boston and Atlanta, it was two years. This past one was only one year, and it, it, it makes a lot of people speculate, including myself, that places like Manchester, possibly Portland, Maine. Um, I don't know. Maybe Worcester. I mean, it's. I know Worcester would probably be out because it's only forty miles away from Providence. But I don't know. That's a very interesting question. Um. And hopefully it gets addressed sooner or later because, I mean, I've also heard rumors that the Boston Bruins might not be interested in, in having a, an East Coast Hockey League affiliate, but rather um, reassign certain players to other organizations in the East Coast Hockey League. Kind of like, kind of different scenario, but kind of like what Jordan Bennington did when he didn't have a place to go uh, in the St. Louis Blues organization. And they, they loaned him to uh, to the Providence Bruins, where he played before winning a Stanley Cup with the with St. Louis Blues. Um, so, uh, to finish up the uh, hashtag Ask BNG Twitter submissions, um, this one comes from LinkedIn, and this is from Ron Payne, and he asks, which current prospect or prospects do you think will be in the lineup for probably the 2021 season hashtag ask B and G. Well, my opinion is is um, oh, Jack Stadnika. If everything works out correct to the salary cap and so on, and if they have to make some departures, uh, i.e., Parlin home, you uh, Nordstrom. that's free it might not just address the the need for the the positional aspect of the of the question. But it also, it's the roster spot. So you can automatically put, not automatically, but you could put Jack Sanika in there. You could also put a guy like Trent Frederick in there. But um, if it's for limited role and you're 13th, 14th forward, I would much rather see these guys playing on a regular basis and practicing all the time down in Providence. But uh, like I said, the, the, the salary cap and not going up is dictating a whole different picture for what this Boston Bruins team actually has to get done. So. Um, Moving on to some Facebook submissions, hashtag AskBNG. Uh, David John Doucette from the Bruins for Life Facebook group. That's Bruins, the number four life Facebook group. What do you think of the latest signings of Voyer and Lyle? Another thing you can look at is, uh, is uh, the college free agents they signed. And uh, David, great question. And I did a little research. I don't know much about these players. I mean, I, I have seen um, Nick Wolf in previous uh, development camps. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's it. But um, I, 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 I the last four signings that they did out of the NCAA and the uh, uh, Canadian Hockey League, uh, defenseman Jack can, he's a 22-year-old Minnesota-born, 5'8", 185 pound left shooting blue liner signed a two year NHL entry level contract on March 27th worth a reportedly 925,000 at the NHL level. Akan spent the last four years playing for the St. Cloud State University where he captained the Huskies team in his senior year In 144 career games in the NCAA. He posted 21 goals, 82 points, 100. I'm sorry, 80, 21 goals, 82, point, 82 assists for 103 points before signing with Boston. Ah, need a drink, some pink wit. So the defense is just getting more and more bottleneck with his addition, which makes me think that somebody could be departing who knows? But uh, they do have a solid defensive core down in Providence right now. And some of them are even knocking on the door of NHL. So, um, defenseman Nick Wolf, he's a 23 year old, Minnesota born, 6'5, 229 pound left shooting blue liner, signed a one year de- entry level contract on March 18th, 2020, worth a reported 792000 at the NHL level. Um, Wolf spent the last four seasons at the University of Minnesota Duluth and another D man that captained the Bullfrogs team in his senior year in 156 career games in the NCAA, he posted 14 goals, 39 points there. Oh man, I'm terrible at reading these 14 goals, 39 assists, 53 points before joining the Bruins organization. So he's a big guy. Um, the the one-year deal is, is, is definitely a show me. Um, you know, a lot of en- entry-level contracts, are, are, are two- and three-year deals. I, I believe that he got this one because of what he showed in previous development camps, uh, which I've attended, and I thought he did pretty good. I thought he hustled really well, um, and, and he is he's a big guy. But he reminds me of the Wiley Shermans of the world, that the Bruins drafted Wiley out of Harvard. He played four seasons there and then turned pro last year, the season before. And I just haven't seen enough of him for being that big guy. Um, I kind of compare him to, to Nick Wolfe. Uh, but it remains to be seen. He could do something different in, in, in his first year of pro, which ultimately could get him uh, an extension uh, with the Providence Bruins, even a two-way deal. Uh, but who knows? I mean, the, the, the ceiling for these kids is, is, is unbelievable. But he is a big guy, and, and he doesn't take any crap. So, um, Also, I heard that he really wants to play without a face shield. So if that tells any of the, 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 the tough guy NHL Bruins fans out there that he, he wants to get aggressive and can be that type of guy. Um, the American Hockey League deals, and these are only for the Providence Bruins. These are not two-way deals. If th- these two players that were recently uh, signed are gonna be brought up to the NHL, they have to sign NHL two-way deals. These are only, show me first, AHL contracts, con- um, very similar to what Connor Clifton did, very similar to what Carson Coleman did, and we see what they did. They, they worked hard through the system, and they got deals. So, um, the first one is defenseman Brady Lyle. He's 20 years old, Ontario, Canada born, 6'3", 209-pound right-shooting blue liner, signed a two-year AHL-only contract on April 16, 2020. Lyle started his Ontario Hockey League career with the North Bay Battalion, and in 11, 111 games in North Bay, he posted seven goals, 30 assists, for 37 points. But his offensive game from the back end would rise significantly, significantly, when he was traded to another OHL team, after only nine games in the 2017-18 campaign for the Battalion, Brady was traded to the Owen Sound Attack, where he, he'd go on to post 42 goals, 96 assists for 138 points in 181 games. Lyle and his career, Lyle had his career best in 1920 for the Attack when he contributed. 22 goals, 43 assists, 65 points on the back end for, the, uh, for Owen Sound. So he's a big kid mobile defenseman and uh, likes to jump in offensively. And his numbers have gotten better every year. So uh, this is a solid addition for the Providence Bruins. And also it, it, it has the Boston Bruins real close by for that um, scouting aspect. So they can come down and look at him and evaluate real close. And um, who knows? He might even get an, a deal in the future. I'm not, I'm not going to project uh, anybody that's on AHL deals right now for NHL uh, You know when, when they make the call or, or for full-time NHL time. This is just show-me deals. Um, it's a low-risk, high-reward kind of scenario. Uh, the other one is uh, right-wing Alex Olivier Voyeur. He's a 21-year-old, Quebec, Canada-born, 6'2", 192-pound right shooting forward. Signed a two-year AHL-OLE contract again on April 16, 2020. Voyeur spent the first three seasons of his Canadian Hockey League career with the Rimouski Oceanic and posted 22 goals, 35 assists, 57 points, in 158 games for Rimouski. Alex Olivier spent the the last two seasons with his hometown, Sherbrooke Phoenix, and his offensive numbers have catapulted since the trade with the Phoenix, the speedy right, the speedy winger has posted 73 goals, 73 assists, 146 points in 131 games with Sherbrooke. This past season, before the cancellation of the CHL play, Voyeur was ranked sixth in scoring which he contributed 44 goals, 44 assists, 88 points, which were career highs. So solid addition for the Providence Bruins right there. Um, And hopefully uh, that answered uh, David John Doucette's question from the awesome group Bruins for Life on Facebook. Um, Next question from the Facebook submissions, Neil McDonald uh, from the Bruins for Life Facebook group. What European prospect are you are in the Bruins system, and how are they playing overseas? Uh, do you project them to be in the Bruins lineup anytime soon? Uh, one prospect that comes to mind is Pavel Shen. Um, not really. We do cover a lot of the Boston Bruins prospects at BlackAndGoldHockey.com. I know Patrick Berglund's a good one. I uh, probably said his name wrong. And I know some, uh, some other guys in the KHL minor system, the MHL, um Mindviki or something like that. I mean, these guys are just, you know, they're, they're doing good in their respective leagues and so on and they're developing. Uh, I just don't, I don't have the access to pay attention to them a lot. So I really can't have an opinion. But I do have an opinion about Pavel Shen in your question, uh, Neil. Um, Pavel is in North America now. Uh, he might even be in Russia, who knows, because of this pandemic, but I uh, signed an entry level contract recently before this past season came over to Providence and played a majority of the season with the Providence Bruins. but I think that he's got a lot to learn in the in the game it's, big, uh, it's smaller ice um, and uh, he does have offensive capabilities, it's fast the the tools are there, but to get it all into one is is going to take some time. The unfortunate thing is, is before this pandemic happened, uh, Pavel was sent to the Atlantic Gladiators, where he did not play any games because of the shutdown. Uh, so that kind of tells you where he was in 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 the Providence Bruins uh, system when they thought of him in, in his offense. Uh, he's he's got just got a lot of work to do. Hopefully next season he he learns from that, trains hard, and comes back. Uh, with a full of vengeance, regardless if it's in Atlanta or another uh, East Coast Hockey League franchise, um, and, and work his way back up to Providence. Uh, we'll see what happens from there. So hopefully that helped out. Um, Rick Phillips, my buddy Rick Phillips, Providence Bruins uh, guru. How would the 2019-20 team compare to 2010 and 011 team, which won the Stanley Cup? Well, obviously, this is a great question. Need a wit for this one. No free ads. <clears throat> This is a very interesting one. Hopefully I, I, I answer it correctly. Um, the 2010-11 team was unbelievable. From the forwards to the defense to the goaltending, it was just top-notch. This team, I believe, has the forwards, has the goaltending, but I'm a little worried on the, on the, the experience of the defense. I know we got the Chara. I know we got Krug you know, and John Moore, I know he's experienced, but not here. Uh, and then you got the plug-in, pl- not plug-in plays, but you got McAvoy, you got Lozon, you got Clifton. Those guys don't have the experience yet. They, they have played well in their time in the National Hockey League with the Boston Bruins, and they've deserved extra contracts, especially Connor Clifton and, uh, and so on. So um, I don't know. I, I, I would have to give it to the 2010-2011 team. Um, but I did like this team up to the pandemic shutdown. I thought that there was a lot of good things that could have happened. And, um, and the playoffs are a different animal. You, you, you become a different player. You see these teams more often in a four to seven game series, you learn their trends, their weaknesses, and so on. So that could be beneficial to to younger players, uh, in the learning process too, as they're helping out the team win another championship. So. Uh, good question, but I'd have to give it to the cup winning team as of right now. Um, some more Facebook questions, which was awesome. Max Mainville, our own Max Mainville, who uh, wrote that fantastic article about the salary cap the other day. Out of the three goaltending prospects, Jeremy Swayman, Daniel Vida, and Kyle Kaiser, who do you think has the best chance to win the starting role sometime in the future? I it's going to have to go in order for me. And and I I think it's seniority, the, the avenue that I'm traveling here. I'd like to see Dan Bladar. um, Obviously after one more full season down at Providence, get that chance first. Uh, Swayman would be a first year pro. Um, He'll get gained more experience. And Kyle Kaiser is going to be an interesting um, wild card for me. Um, This, he has, now three concussions in two years. He had two before he came, uh, turned pro. And he had one that lasted a long time this season. So um, I think Kaiser's going to go back to Atlanta or the, wherever the Bruins East Coast Hockey League affiliate's going to be and, and gain some work. He's got great athleticism. Um, he's a good goaltender, very square uh, and, and, and quick it just needs time in the crease to get it all together and focus. And hopefully his head injuries aren't going to be something that's going to hinder him on a professional career. Now, looking ahead of that, I just see Vodar as the better option right now. And then Swayman. Um, But but Max, those can change drastically. Uh, Swayman could play so good. um, The Bruins could give him the chance first and and possibly walk away from Vodar depending on, what goes on, but uh, good question. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And thank you for all your work at the uh, black and gold hockey.com website. Uh, old friend, Adam Smith on the Facebook questions with the cap, possibly remaining uh, the same. How does free agency look? Oh, it's, it's going to be a tough one, Adam. It really is because the fact is that the Bruins still need to add that right wing, in my opinion, to really, to really go for it um and I think that this season it, it they didn't do it in the trade deadline um they tried to address it with Kasha I don't think that that's your your full move at, at this point Kasha is one of those players that could go up and down the lineup more like the Danton Heinen you basically got the same guy back uh in my opinion maybe Kasha's a little better but I just think that Heinen got a bad rap around here because he's not so offensive but he's his, uh, his two-way game was was really good. Um, I still want to see a solid addition. I don't think that the plug-and-plays uh, with the, uh, the Carson Coleman types of players or anybody else that's on um, minor pro contract, entry-level contract, is going to, like, really get you there. I mean, they could try it and see if it works, absolutely. Coleman's been a, a nice little addition when you need that player to be inserted. But um, I wanted to see, like, you know, have that cap space to go after a solid right winger that can produce offensively and make that uh, second line a threat. I mean, right now secondary scoring is tough. It's, it's just not happening. And, and I don't believe that you can go on further relying on the Marsha and Bergeron past act producing all these points. And then everybody below is just not, not doing, they're doing the jobs, but not offensively. Um, my boy Jared Pickard, uh, great Ontario kid. Uh, do you see a place in on our D for Jakub Zboril? If not, is trade value there, or as I fear, career minor leaguer is all he is? Um, great question, Jared. Huge fan of Zboril. I know that he gets a bad rap because he was taken first in the in the series of three in 2015. Um, and the only one that's really panned out so far is, uh, J- Jake DeBrusque. Um, Zborell has been the far best defenseman on the Providence Bruins, in my opinion, as a credential writer. And I go down there a lot and watch him. I get the eye test and I also do it on video when I can't go down and we have, um, we have, um, we have other folks that cover the team down there that have media access, um, They've said the same thing. I mean, Zborl has been the far better defenseman over a, a guy like Yerho Vakanainen. Um, I don't think that Yerho this year really came back to his full playing capabilities because of the concussion. I think that he was just, I don't know, maybe a little timid, if you if you will. Um, I would like to see Zborl stick around. I'm not sure what him and his agent – are going to be thinking when, when, when time comes up for uh, extension talk, Um, I'd like to see him sign a a two-way deal to keep him in the fold in Providence. And then with departures in the next year or two on the defensive core, i.e. Chara, Moore, um, Miller, you know what I mean? Those are going to create opportunities for him to come up for full-time basis. Um, It all depends on what he wants to do, honestly. Thank you, Jared. Chad Lemoreau, I, hopefully I said that right. Uh, wondering what your thoughts are, are rebranding the baby bees back to the Providence or Rhode Island Reds. They were such a, uh, a big part of our culture for 50 years here. Oh, dry throat. Ah, Chad, I'm a huge fan of history. And... um the Providence and, and I like Mark Diver, fantastic writer, uh, minor pro writer, college writer, but he also dives into the history once in a while, and I really appreciate his his efforts to um, revitalize the 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 doings of the uh, former Boston Bruins American Hockey League affiliate in the Providence Reds and Rhode Island Reds. Um, I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea. I do like that the the team does have the um, Remembrance games when they do wear those jerseys as a as a as a token to uh the past um i don't know i mean i'm i'm totally for it i mean i like the bruins providence bruins name just just flows a little better for me but um when it comes to history and so on yeah it's not a bad not a bad thought chad thank you for your question uh jackie wheeler Dasson um how about how many different facilities have the bruins played in I know of two, the original Boston Garden, uh, went there in the 1980s and early 1990s, and now the TD Garden. Well, Jackie, here's my answer for you. I did a little little, little research on this one. Uh, the Boston Arena was the first uh, building that the Boston Brewers played in when they became a, a franchise in 1924. And that building was built in 1909-1910 season. And was the first facility from 1924 to 1928. Today the building is called Matthews Arena. And is home to the NCAA Northeastern Huskies. Matthews Arena is currently the oldest indoor ice hockey facility in the world. According to Wikipedia. And then TD Garden. Um, I'm sorry. The the old Boston Garden uh, was built in 1928. And lasted till 1995. And... uh, and td garden which i think was the fleet center at one time Shawmut center and now it's td garden was built in 995 and, and now the our current um arena on the facebook Kristen richard or richard hopefully either one i'd like to know the latest on signing krug um negotiations have happened even though on this pandemic Kristen. um but uh, they still remain at some kind of a, a standstill on money, term, and so on. So um, if they're talking, it's good. If you have some dialogue and so on on what's going on in the organization and the future of this club. He's a very important part of this team. Quarterback's the power play. Um, and, and I think that you're taking a step back when you, when you take his points especially i know i said this before his points are so important to this uh this hockey club um and he really helps make that uh power play one line uh so effective when when another team goes to the box so um hopefully he signs like i said before six million seven million range uh hopefully it gets done with the with the cap at um 20 million projected by uh at Bruins Cap Space on Twitter. We'll see what happens. Um I even got some text messages. Uh so hashtag askbng via text message from friend and co-worker Cody Stevens. Uh pros and cons for keeping Bruins defenseman, Zdeno Shower. I um I said this before, Cody. Um I'm on the fence. Uh his his experience. Uh, is and and the way he is with younger players, um, and he's just a, a a professor at the game. I think that that's a value on this team, especially when they're when you're talking about bringing in when you're looking at the salary cap and you're bringing in lower cap numbers uh, players on entry level deals, Cezino Chara is a very important member of this hockey club that. Is not only a welcoming sight, but also just, just the knowledge that he passes on. You've seen it with Tori Crew. I mean, I'm sorry. You've seen it with uh, McAvoy. You've seen it with Brandon Carlo. The results are there. His game, on the con side of your question, is just... It, it's, the game has gotten so fast nowadays that it, it's really passed him by. I believe his reach is, is, is such a deadly deadly thing uh i mean it's so tough to to be a forward crossing that blue line and having a guy with a telephone pole swinging at you you know what i mean so that there there, there are definitely pros and cons of him coming back or, or departing um to me it's a business thing it's definitely about the salary cap and and how much you need to shed to to get some younger players uh locked down long term uh, Cody also asked uh, ways to bring back defenseman Torrey Krug if the salary cap goes down. We, well, we recently found out the salary cap is staying at the same number of the 1920 campaign at 81.5 million. So, um, yeah, I, I, I hopefully he comes back. I, I really hope so. Um, he asked, again, <clears throat> these are all text message. Um, which rookies, Providence Bruins players, do you think make the jump to the NHL next season? Jack Stanika, I said, and, and previously, um, and um, I like Trent Frederick. Uh, even Zach Sinishin, he could he could possibly do something. Uh, it all depends on what Don Sweeney wants to do during the offseason. Um, yeah, it's just going to be really tough for him with with nothing going on with the cap. Um, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's got like six or seven players, uh, or three or four, I'm not sure about the number, but he's got to work with it. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. Uh, last question from Cody Stevens. With Ras talking retirement, who do you see as the Bruins' next goalie, short or long-term? It's pretty much been debunked. Um, I know I know, Matty Port, Matt Porter of the Boston Globe, um, wrote an article about his conversation back in, I think, January, February about Rask and what he's going to do after he um, finishes his last season in the NHL. And I know that Rask can be very transparent when it comes to uh, questions. Um, He sometimes has fun with the media, in my opinion. And um, I don't think that he was very truthful. I think he was actually trying to be fun. But um, I think that the, possibly the team would want to bring him back. But the number's got to be down. I mean, he's got to take a significant pay cut to stick around. I'm not sure if he wants to do that. He does have three, uh, two kids. I think the third is on the way. Um, but he might be that family man nowadays. Who knows? Uh, the way he's playing and the way that the Bruins are managing his his games by having a player along his side like Yara Halak that 1A 1B is, is creating longevity for him um, so I wouldn't want to sign him for a four or five year deal I would go after his contracts over I would go one year at a time to see where we go from there because sooner or later the the it's almost like Chara on defense the longer you keep him around and keep signing him to one-year deals, cap-friendly (air quotes), um, you're bottlenecking your your development core down there. So if if so many people are are in love with the the Vodars, the Swaymans, the Kaisers, you 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 know, in my opinion, you just you're really you know logjamming that that whole scenario. Um, but I don't I don't think he's gonna. I think that he might want to come back if he doesn't get it done. Whenever the season comes back, um, who knows? But um, thank you for the uh, submissions via Twitter, Cody Stevens. Um, we even have some hashtag Ask BNG email subscriptions, and um, the emailer was our own co-host Heather Ingerson, which I dearly miss. It's been five weeks quarantine episode 5 and we have I have not seen Heather in the studio so I miss her and um, but she was kind enough to send some emails along and she asked does Jeremy Swayman's Richter award winning Baker finalist performance uh, and grown and growth for the Black Bears this season put some pressure on the goalies already in the pipeline or shake up the pecking order? a little bit when looking to the future goaltending look of this team. Now, great question, Heather, and thank you very much. Hopefully all is well with you and family. Shout out Barry. Shout out Sebastian. Shout out Eric. Um, it all depends on what's going to happen with Swayman and what he does in his first year pro. I mean, if he comes out and puts up um, Nicholas Svedberg numbers before he came to the NHL and totally flopped, oh yeah, it's going to shake it up big time. I mean, he could be that, that type of goaltender that has the total potential. And and, and getting him out of the, the um, NCAA uh, in his junior season might, might be a, a genius move. I know it happens a lot, so it's not like totally genius. Um, but yeah, I mean, it his play and where he lands on the pecking order is all depending on what he does in his first year as a professional. Um, and I know that former University of Maine goaltender, now goaltending uh, associate coach with Bob Asenza, Mike Dunham, is going to work with him very hard. Alfie Michio, he's the uh, goaltending coach for the, the the Maine Black Bears. He's done a fantastic job with Jeremy in his three seasons. And, and you know, it's just crazy how well he's done um, on a team that didn't really recruit well for the past – I want to say two seasons so they the black bears really rode his back as good as he was that black bears team did so um heather's next question assuming you have been filling the hockey void at times watching video and all other programs on tv the internet what are some of your favorite watches during the shutdown all right this is a great question not really bruins related but uh, to. To find hockey is hard. I mean, YouTube is is such a great tool for me and I've watched YouTube a ton, but I'm getting kind of bored with it. So I've started watching a lot more shows, especially on Netflix. I've been, I I, I watched The Weeds. I love that program. Um, And I watched it a while ago, but I'm now back into it. I've seen the Tiger King or whatever. That that was such a weird, weird, weird um, uh, show. Um, Ozark, I um, season three was amazing. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but I did go back and watch season one, season two before Ozark came out on Friday, the 27th of April. I'm sorry, March, March. So I've been doing that, um, and just a lot of like Netflix movies, just to keep me involved, and as I'm in the office here doing the writings and so on. Um, her. I believe final question. Yep. Her final question on the email. um, If Heather can accept the Krug may not be a Bruin next year, why can't the Kevin Millar diehards accept that as crappy as it is? The cap is too tight for this team uh, not to worry about resigning this guy or that we still have lost game seven, probably worse, if he was on the ice. I don't know. It, it, the whole toughness thing. I, I'm still a proponent of if you score more goals during a game, whether it's in the regular season or the postseason, you win. Regardless, if it's 60 minutes, if it's overtime, or a damn shootout, if you score more goals, you get the W. And if you don't do that, then you're not doing your complete job. I don't like the fact that people um, find something to say, well, if this had, if this did happen, the results would have been different. If you want to play tough, play tougher. That's fine, but you still got to score goals. So, um, I don't see. I see Crew sticking around, Heather, honestly, and I don't see uh, Kevin Miller being much of an, an asset, especially after his his injury. So we will see what happens with that. Jeez, um, I think that is it for the hashtag ask bng twitter submissions um and facebook and linkedin text messages and emails um we got about i think an hour and 20 minutes um so that is it um thank you very much for subscribing on youtube uh thank you very much for listening uh through these five weeks of nothing going on and and we're continuing the content um Please support our show sponsor BetOnline.ag by going to the website, signing up for a free account, and please use um, code CLNS50 when you make your first initial deposit, and you get, I believe it's a hundred percent bonus, so you get a little extra fundage to uh, place your wagers on. Um, tons of things going on, entertainment, uh, you know simulations on on game platforms that you can get in the action and and get your bet on so um honestly i just want to end this by saying thank you very much to everybody who submitted questions i think we i think i legitimately went through 40 um questions uh, on this hashtag askBNG and i was a little worried that i was going to get past or around the two hour mark but uh i went past that Pretty fast. I I honestly hope that I answered your questions um, to the best of my ability. This was a lot of fun. I look forward to doing it again uh, in these quarantine episodes. So, um, before I leave, I just want to say thank you very much. Um, If you want to help us out uh, financially, if you can, we're not we're not begging here at all. But if you do want to. buy any Bruins related products, uh, NFL, NHL, NCAA, whatever, go to blackandgoldhockey.com, click on the Fanatics banner right there. That's a commission link. So if you buy something, we get, we get a little forward and that helps with the, uh, the studio and, and everything else. So um, appreciate that. Appreciate the Patreon members that continue to, to support us. We appreciate that. We're gonna take care of you guys. I know we promised you guys t-shirts We're working on it. It's just been crazy, Um, you know, deliveries and blah, 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 so uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Maybe next year we're going to definitely buy these uh, t-shirts ahead of time. So if we do 52 a week, 52 episodes next next year, we'll have 52 shirts to give away and ship them right out to you instead of waiting for Fanatics to, to get orders through. But again, thank you very much uh, for the support, the feedback. Please go to uh, your, your listening platform if you're listening to the audio uh, podcast side of this and uh, give us a review, a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher, and so on. So we would certainly appreciate that, that those, that information helps uh, grow our product and, uh, and you know, to, to future listeners, new listeners, and so on. Um, but thanks again for listening. Thank you for the YouTube submissions. Please subscribe, hit the, hit the uh, thumbs up, and hit the bell notification when a new video comes out. We're doing these videos on YouTube now. We're doing uh, Providence Bruins goal highlight videos, um, saves videos, anything that's related to our access uh, as media members, you'll get it right on um, on YouTube. So we appreciate that we got 176 subscribers or 177 subscribers so far. So I want to grow that a little more, and uh, and hopefully you're enjoying the uh, the content. But um, regardless, again, thank you very much for the sub- uh, submissions of the hashtag Ask B and G, the support, the retweets, the shares, the questions, the uh, the guests that we've had on, um, you know, Craig Eagles, uh, Bruins Luchador. Um, and, and we're going to have many more guests on uh, in the future. So um, thank you again. And uh, we'll talk soon.
0: Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter, at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.